The second part of my plan was to start hanging around non-metal musicians. I wasn't turning my back on metal or anything like that. I was broadening my horizons and exploring all the options I could find. Two things became apparent pretty fast. One, non-metal bands had bigger crowds, and two, they had a lot of beautiful women at their shows. I found this fascinating and not in a misogynistic kind of way. Don't get all upset with me, read this through. A room full of beautiful women brings what? Men. And what do men do around beautiful women? They act like jackasses that have to impress the women. How do they do it? By spending money. That's right, guys spend money on food, drinks, and whatever else they need to if it means they can hang out with a woman they're interested in. I'm a guy, so I kind of know what I'm talking about, and all guys have done this at some point. I found it fascinating because for the most part, the band seemed to know it. Take a band full of guys, especially good-looking guys, dress them well and present them in a way that doesn't take other musicians to get the art of what they're playing and what comes out, a band that makes money. That was a new and appealing side of music that I hadn't seen yet. All the other stuff I'd done in the two moderately successful bands I was in had one thing in common. None of it had really made any money. We had respect from peers, loyal fans, and a good product, so I'm not belittling what we did. But if we did make any money, it went back into the band as it should have. A business has to be fed in order for it to grow. The money that we made was so low that when it went back into the band, there was nothing left. We ordered shirts, sold them, and took the money made from the sales to order more shirts. We didn't pay ourselves back the initial money we put up out of our pocket, we just kept feeding the machine. Those bands were doing that only on a higher level and they were paying themselves so they were making money, looked great, and had pro-level gear. None of them looked like garage bands per se. They were playing mostly originals with covers thrown in like a 75% original, 25% covers type of split. Most of the covers being played were tweaked a little to fit the style of whatever the band was. I was not only impressed and intimidated, I knew I had to get in with those bands and start playing. In the midst of discovering this new world and all the network I was doing, I met a guy named Tucker. Tucker was a big guy and played guitar like a monster, which was fitting given his size and he was a super nice dude as well. Tucker's parents owned a mechanic shop that had a long, empty garage attached to the main garage where the business was. Four or five cars could fit the length of it and probably two and a half cars wide. Tucker and I hung out for a while and talked about starting a band together and with that, I moved out of my shed and into Tucker's garage. We never really got that far as he wanted to play more of the Dream Theater style music and I was headed in a different direction. He and I would jam together a few times a month to keep some sort of playing between us and then he heard through a friend of a peer of a dude from a guy with a... Wait, what was I babbling about? There was a popular band in town looking for a drummer. Just like the creative loafing in Charlotte, Columbia had a free paper called The Free Times. I had searched through several issues of that paper in the musician classifieds and made a lot of connections, but nothing that produced any real results. Tucker told me about the drum chair being open for a band called S-Tribe. I had seen their name around Columbia and maybe even saw them once, so I knew enough about them to know that they were pretty popular. They had just released a full-length record entitled Rise People. All the stuff I had recorded had been EPs and they had a full-length record, so I was definitely interested. I got in touch with the guys through Tucker's friends and set up a meeting. The guitarist, the singer, and their manager met me at a venue called Sundance in the Vista. I had seen a few bands there and I really liked the place so it seemed like a good spot to meet. We talked about things we had done musically and what they were looking for in a drummer and what their situation was. They gave me a copy of their record and set up an audition for a couple weeks later as they had some guys in front of me. 
man, did I have some learning to do. S-Tribe's situation was interesting because truth is usually stranger than fiction. The band was made up of five killer musicians, Gabe on vocals and acoustic guitar, Charles on guitar, Corey on guitar, Corey on bass, the Corys, no, I'm not making that up, and Larry on drums. Gabe, Larry, and Charles had been friends for years, as in could have been brothers kind of friends. So close that Larry started dating Gabe's sister even before they had started S-Tribe. They put the band together, got the Corys, and worked their asses off writing some beautiful music. They booked some shows, got a manager, gained a following, and recorded an album. During this time, Larry asked Gabe's sister to marry him, and she of course said yes. Gabe and his family were from Texas, and his sister longed to move back there. Shortly after her and Larry were married, the decision to move to Texas was made, so S-Tribe had to start looking for a drummer. Shorter version. The singer's sister was married to the drummer, and they were moving out of state. See? A little interesting, ain't it? Everything I had done prior had been metal, and S-Tribe was anything but that. There were many influences that made up their sound. Gabe, being from Texas, had Native American and Latin roots, so that was in there. Charles was a trained and well-versed guitarist, and his influence was a lot of funk, soul, and classic rock. Guitar Corey was a jazz guy, so he brought a lot of jazz-type chords as well as really interesting effects. Bass Corey was just a monster player who stomped his right foot so hard you could hear it on the floor of whatever stage they were playing on, and he had a deep music knowledge. Larry was a very good rock drummer, and he brought that kind of energy to the band. All that thrown together gave S-Tribe a unique sound with a nice pop sensibility. That was like another dimension for me, and I essentially had to relearn how to play drums. I remember being overly nervous for two weeks leading up to my audition. Worse than the prom girl nervous. I was nervous about Warmouth, but at least it was metal, so it was familiar. S-Tribe's music was something I had never even attempted to play. I kept my rig in Tucker's garage, and I was in there almost every day learning that record, and he was gracious enough to put up with it. They had a show sometime during my learning phase, and I had to go, which made my nervousness even worse. I felt like the guy that lied about passing the bar exam and was about to try my first case in open court. I knew for certain that once again, I was in over my head. Sundance had become one of my favorite places to see a show. The vista was set up like a small grid, so the streets were a little wider than half a city block, and a lot of the buildings were accessible from both sides. Some of the buildings were old train stations and had been refurbished, including the one Sundance was in. It's a nice area if you've never been there. You should go, but not now, though. I'm telling you stories. The main entrance of Sundance was a large deck patio with seating to the left of the entry door. Once in the door, the stage is immediately on the right, about five feet from the entrance. In front of the stage was the rest of the place, with an open floor that led to the bar, which was in the middle of the room. To the left of the stage was a step-up section with some tables that led to another small bar for servicing the outside. To the right of the stage, there were more tables and a door to the other deck. It was a nice place, and at the time, it stayed packed, especially when bands like S-Tribe were playing. I remember walking, well, squeezing, rather, in there and being floored by the amount of people there to watch the band, not just people hanging out at a bar, and man, was S-Tribe on fire that night. I made my presence known and went and stood at the back of the room and just took it all in. They tore through their set with every ounce of passion and conviction they could muster and it showed. I remember leaving before they were done because I wanted to hide my nervous excitement. They were kind of a big deal and Columbia at the time was overflowing with super talented bands and artists. It was an awesome place to be musically in the early 2000s. I went back to the garage and worked even harder than before. I wanted that gig and I was going to make damn sure I knew that record backwards, forwards, and sideways. 
it was one of the hardest things I'd ever done musically because there was such a learning curve for me. I was a hard-hitting metal drummer trying to get the drum chair for a Latin funk pop band. I should have had my damn head examined. But it was part of my plan. I wanted to play different music other than metal. I don't want to say Warmouth scarred me, but it did leave me with a bad rash and I wanted to try something different. S-Tribe was about as different of an ointment as I could get without a prescription. The Bar Star Podcast is a show that aims for something a little different. It's hosted by a drummer who thinks he's a musician. But let's be honest, I know and you know that drummers are not musicians, right? Or are they? Hang on a second, who wrote this crap? This is garbage. Nobody's going to listen to a show put on by somebody they haven't heard of. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for taking the time out to come back and hang out with me once again. Thank you for downloading the show. Thank you for subscribing, for rating it, and reviewing it. And if you haven't done those three things, you need to get on that. I hope everybody had a good week. I hope everybody is doing well. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Please make sure you check out my sponsor, Prophecy Inc., located in the lovely Highlands in Louisville, Kentucky. Go into the shop, look around, look at all the cool shit in there, mention the Bar Star Podcast, and you will get 10% off your tattoo by any artist in the shop. This week's episode's really cool. I, uh, I got to hang out with my buddy Charles Funk. Yes, that's his real name. I got to hang out with my buddy Charles, who I haven't seen in about 15 years, as with PJ, yes, we stay in touch and all that kind of stuff, but we haven't seen each other in about 15 years, and it was awesome. Uh, most of you know, Stacy and I went on vacation. We went to Charleston. First, we went to New York City. I can't wait to go back. But we, when we were in Charleston, I told Stacy, I said, well, we got to ride up to Columbia, South Carolina, which is about an hour and a half away, and we got to go hang out with Charles because I need to see him. And selfishly, I wanted to have him on the show because I thought you guys would enjoy it. So that's what this episode is. It's me hanging out in Charles's living room. Uh, we talked about all kinds of shit. Uh, it's kind of cool for me to go back and talk to people that were there. The beginning of this episode, obviously you figured out I was doing a reading from the book. That's what I wrote about S-Tribe. There's obviously more stuff before it, more stuff after it. But after talking to Charles and reading what I wrote about S-Tribe, it was kind of cool that I wasn't really that far off. I guess I should stop saying my memory sucks. Maybe I should... Maybe I should be more positive. Oh my God, be more positive. Uh, my timeline memory really does suck, but I was pretty close. Which you'll start to put some things together from the reading I did at the beginning of this episode and then when you're listening to Charles and I have our conversation. But it's really cool and it's an awesome problem to have that I've done so much stuff I can't keep it all straight. But anyway, enough about that. Charles has done some amazing things in his life. He's got what I call a big boy job. He's got a cool career. Um, he has took life by the horns and kicked its ass. I forgot to ask him about playing with Montgomery Gentry, actually in the band, not opening for them, and the band that he toured with a few years ago, which may have been the same band. I dropped the ball. It's completely my fault. 
But that's okay, because we talk about some really cool stuff, and Charles knows how to get a hold of me in the Facebook page. And if you really want to know, you need to go to his Facebook page and check out his stuff. He's got some awesome stuff. He's involved with some cool projects. One of his main projects is called the Black Iron Gathering, which is such a fucking cool name. So make sure you check out his page, check out all his stuff. And uh, enough of me rambling. Let's get to my hang with my buddy, Charles Funk. I miss you, dude. Oh, that was perfect. I hit record right when you said that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sentimental moments. Yes, the sentimental moments. All right, so what's up, brother? How are you? My man, what's good? Oh, yeah, we got to do a high five in the microphone first. Mm. That was a good one. Yeah, it was. What's going on, man? Oh, doing it, man. How long has it been? That's what we were. I was trying to. Well, obviously, Stacy doesn't know. Stacy's in the room, guys. She. Oh, she actually did talk today. Hey, Stacy. Some days she. Some days she won't talk to me. Um, I was trying to figure it out with her because she's way smarter than I married up. Totally married up. But I think I have not been back here since 2003. That's when I left. All right. So if you take the 2018 subtract. Three from the eight. You get 15. 15. It's been 15 years. So it's been 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you maffed. I'm proud of you. Yeah, man. <laughs> you so maffed. Oh, uh, dude, we just worked some thousands. Yeah, we did. That shit was hard. And you you got a, like a big boy job, so I know you're smarter than me. Don't even fuck with me on this. Uh, we can talk about the Bernoulli equation and fun stuff like that. No, because then I'll go to sleep because I'll <laughs> lose brain cells because I'm dumb. I just play drums. So I am finally in front of my buddy, Charles Funk. Yeah, you are. And it's amazing. It is amazing. You look fucking great, by the way. Thanks, man. Oh, my God. You're so cute. No, you look really good. It just got awkward. <laughs> That's the whole point of my show is to make it <laughs> awkward. That's what I do. You've listened to enough of them. True story. I make them awkward. So you are still playing. Oh yeah, I get. Uh, I, I I play anytime I get a chance. Nice. So let's have let's go back in history. All right. When did you and I meet? Was it ninety nine or two thousand? Because history wise, as far as us playing together and all the shit we did, was a very short window of time. Well, I would want to say that it would probably have been either the end of ninety nine or. Um, somewhere like in mid 2000 or whatever because i remember doing the 1999 show at at monterey jacks and it was a different drummer it was probably larry i think so had to be yeah because that's who i replaced was larry yeah 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 and then um yeah enter the new millennium your millennium drummer i don't know if that's good or bad i think it's good millennium drummer yeah, no, well, not millennial drummer. Oh, no. <laughs> Too fucking old to be a millennial. Millennium drummer. Millennium. Apparently, Manoli- Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I thought you said linoleum. The nololi- <laughs> linoleum Falcon. Or the m- m- Millennium Fuckum. <laughs> I like the Millennium Fuckum. That's pretty good. I think it's pretty good, too. Okay, so I've talked about it uh, on an episode or two before. The intro music after dude throws me under the bus every week which is fantastic is us yep that is a song called solid stone it is on the three song demo we recorded i uh, like to i like to use the word ep demo sounds so start outy you know all right fair enough we'll use ep I mean, but it was you s tribe did have a 
full length record called Rise People. Yeah. It which was full length. Yeah, which I learned. That's how what I learned. I learned that whole record to do the audition. Mm-hmm. Which I remember we were just talking about before I hit record was we we had that meeting at Sundance and I actually wrote about it in the book. We had that meeting at Sundance. It was you, Charles Wilkie and myself. God damn, we had a meeting? We did. Well, what the hell what, were we tr- trying to be professional? Like You were you were trying. I mean, you had it together for a minute. I mean, damn. We had a meeting <laughs> with a manager. I, that too. I completely in my mind, I'm glad you like have a good memory because like in my mind like we met at like a storage unit. I was like, "Hey man, how's it going?" Let's play. <laughs> it's way more. It's like way, way more grandiose than that. We actually had a meeting. Did we bring notebook paper to write on or anything? Probably. I'm sure Charles did. He was always writing notes. Yeah. Um, but I answered an ad. You, you guys have put an ad out. I put the ad out. Oh, you put the ad out. Look, man. That is Wallace, Look. by the way. Wallace is making an appearance before Sebastian did. Hey, buddy. He's, like he's, he's awesome. I like him. Anyway, yeah. you put the ad out. Yes. And I answered it. Yes, you did. And it was funny because it was the whole metal drummer thing. Right. Because that's what the world I came from. We had a slew of different, like, drummers, man, you know? Because mm-hmm. I was, like, the screener, you know? Every band has their guy who kind of does, like, all the behind-the-scenes shit, you know? Right. So getting the new drummer. What fell on you. And screening them and all that. It was my job to be like, all right, I got the rehearsal place that we're going to use this time. It's not in Gilbert or Gaston or Elgin or wherever the hell we would end up with some of these weirdos. Because, um, I mean, there's a couple of guys, like, before you, you know, like, you know, you're like, yeah, I was the metal drummer. I'm like, man, you should have seen the, like, the, the Skinner drummers, man, the freaking, you know, we, we had some characters, dude. Oh, I can imagine. Well, yeah. and at that time, I mean, Columbia... South Carolina, for those of you that are not here, was, I hate to be old manish, but it was fucking hopping. There were bands everywhere. I was killing, dude. Yeah, it was a great scene here. It was an amazing scene here. I, I tell people all the time in Louisville, and I wrote about it in the book, Columbia's where I cut my musical teeth. I, I had done some shit, obviously, before I got here, but I didn't do anything on any kind of upper level till I got here with S-Tribe. Which is where you come in. Yeah, because um, we were fun. We were able to like self-propel to like a uh, multi-regional level, which was, you know, hard as hell to do. Oh yeah. It, well, I mean, it's even harder now, but it was hard as shit back then because well, there was no social media back then. You didn't have any of that. You 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 printed out your own flyers and had mm-hmm. to go out like as a band and stick them under like uh, windshield wipers yep. and listen to people going, "Hey, that's littering, man! What the hell? You know, or whatever." <laughs> Don't put that shit on my car, you know. And, like, and, and then the sensitivity viper alarms. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, which car is yours? Give this asshole ten. You know? Yeah, that douchebag deserves ten. Yeah. I remember, if my memory serves me, I think I remember. I did the audition, uh-huh. and we pretty much did the whole record. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think so. I don't really recall having to start and stop for any kind of like. Uh, okay, this guy didn't, you know, he only listened to half the song, thought he was going to 4-4 his way through. Yeah, because that music, I couldn't do that. That no. shit was kind of complicated. Man, because we wrote, dog. <laughs> man, we wrote that shit, shit. Yeah, we like composed, man. We were we were writers. Yeah. Wallace, you're the shit. I love you. What's Come up, here, buddy? Dude. Come here, dude. It's a uh, oh, pause, pause for the cat. No way. 
Never pause for the cat. You just keep going. Yeah. Sebastian showed up on my show a few times already. Um, but we did, you, if I'm not mistaken, you had to audition, I don't know, 20 more people after me. Well, I think it was a formality. <laughs> oh, know, of course. Like, yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll try a couple of different guys. Maybe the word due diligence seems to come to mind. Right. And, anyway. And then eventually you and Gabe both called me at the same time. Wait, like on three-way? Or? Yeah. I don't know why I remember that. I just remember that. Like we had a party line or something? Yeah, you had like a party. You had like the S-Tribe party line. No kidding. <laughs> Back when we were probably paying bills to AT&T or something. On a landline, yes, because I remember <laughs> I was on my cordless landline. Hey, man, stay quiet. I'm going to call Stephen, all right? <laughs> you just listen. I don't, I don't remember that conversation either. I don't remember the conversation. I just remember it was a three-way call. How about that? Yeah, it was, it was the, fucking weird. <laughs> Not going to lie to you. It was weird. But you you offered me the spot. Who are we, like a couple 20-somethings trying to like teleconference? Uh, probably. What are we doing probably. here? We had a manager, notebook paper, oh, yeah. teleconferences. Well, in my first show, the irony of the whole fucking situation was my first show was S-Tribe CD release show. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Talk about like putting a valiant effort towards a release and then virtually everything like goes wrong, you know? Well, we'll talk about that part in a second, but at that CD release show, uh, Larry came up and sang a song with us because he didn't leave on bad terms. Nope. He married our singer's sister. Well, that was a shit storm in the beginning. Well, yeah, because he was moving to Texas. Yeah. Which he doesn't live in Texas anymore. Now he lives in Columbia again. Yeah. Which is where I am. He was in Louisville two weeks ago. Get out of town. What was he doing there? He works for Maker's Mark. Oh, or, yeah, or some bourbon yeah, place. And he was up in Louisville. And I, the... he posted something on Instagram. And I messaged him. And he said, dude, I didn't even fucking know you live in Louisville. I'm like, yeah, I've been here 11 years. Somebody's not in somebody's algorithm. Somebody ain't paying you attention. You need to like some more pictures, dog. Mm-hmm. I just did some stuff on the algorithm, too. Listen, people. Pay attention to the all algorithm. It's a simple like and a comment. You just, just gotta like friends. and follow some shit, and your stuff will show up. It's not that hard. Anyway, but yeah. So you, were, when I called you, we were talking the other day, and you wanted to talk about the curtain. Nah, <laughs> the curtain. <laughs> Damn it all! You know, like you put all this effort into. It was a great idea. A self-release, like you know. CD effort and all that, mm-hmm. which by the way, we needed jewel cases. We ended up with these like envelopes with a damn sticker on it because the CD turnaround, the company somehow they messed up the turnaround the CDs. They're like, well, we'll send you guys some. Like- oh no, that's the second one. We did two. Oh wow. Yeah, we did two because, and the only reason I know that is because I have the <clears throat> EP. So I have we did the two. EP. Yes, is I have there the anything EP. about this band that I actually know, like that. You want me to tell you the truth or just edit it out? No, you partook a lot back in the day. True story. True story. <laughs> hey, man, look, I wore a lot of hats. I wore a lot of hats and it was stressful. You know, so like what happens in my living room, you know, stays in your living room. Yeah. And we're in your living room, which Here is a we nice are, living room, I, by the way. Right. It's a very nice living room. Full circle. It is full circle. It's weird. Yeah. But so the first CD release party, we were going to do these 
curtains. We had these curtains that we put up at Sundance. We built our own curtain system. We did, and we were going to backlight it, so all you could see is silhouettes, and yeah. you pull the curtains open, and we're there. <laughs> right. Boom, it was going to be awesome. Curtains malfunctioned to a full fucking room. You couldn't get another person in that room with a shoehorn. Dude, it was a full, full house. Uh, you know, we had some guys that were supposed to pull the curtains on the side on a certain part of the song, mm-hmm. and you would think that, like, your best buds knew your music, knew your <laughs> shit, you know, knew your cues well enough. So, hey, on the part that goes, curtain, you know what I mean? And then only one side of the curtain came open. Right. The other one's like, tug, 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 you know. Quite possibly, I may or may not have like rushed a guitar intro lick to something. Anyway, it it was a it was a disaster. It was like some Benny Hill shit, man. It was it was a combination of Benny Hill and Spinal Tap. Yeah, like you may as well have <laughs> you know, a bunch of long haired dudes looking at each other like, well, I don't know, man. What, what happened? <laughs> Fucking curtain fucked up. <laughs> but we ended up killing it. We sold a lot of records. Um, but it was just weird because that was my first show was, was the full length CD release show. Yeah. And then we started gigging and then I moved us into a bigger rehearsal spot because the rehearsal spot you guys had sucked. Yeah, totally. It was barely big enough to hold my rig and I wasn't using that big of a rig. It was big, but it wasn't that damn big. So we moved over to Tucker's garage. Tucker's garage. That was the coolest. Sounds like a damn deep purple record. I know. And it was the coolest garage ever. And it was huge. Mm-hmm. We could pull two cars in there full and load our shit in. Yep. It was awesome. And you had a massive porn collection. I did. Actually, it was mine and Tucker's. Dude. I was married at the time to my ex-wife who didn't put out. I needed something. Understood. I get it. <laughs> Understood. I love you, woman. I don't have that problem now. As she shakes her head. Nope. It just got awkward in my living room. That's what I do, man. That's my job. But we built a stage out of pallets on the other side of it, or on the one end of it, because it was really it was long. It was like I think three or four car lengths long. And that is what started uh, Pinterest fucking pallet furniture. <laughs> Our practice spot. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was it wobbly and stuff? Like I, I don't think so, but I'm just trying to go back. I wonder if Pinterest owes us money. Yeah, they do. Ooh. If you're ever asked if Pinterest owes you money, the, the answer, answer is, is yes. yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Fine. Woman, are you taking notes? Pinterest owes us money. We did pallet furniture before anybody else did. Dude, if a demigod ever asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> we saw what happened when Gozer, the Valerian, asked... The Ghostbusters. Are you a god? Uh, no. Yeah, and then die. Yeah, yeah they you're almost toast. got thrown off the side of a building. That's true. We saw that building. We were in New York City. We saw the Chrysler building. Is that what? Okay, cool. I think it was a Chrysler building. The movie came out a long time ago. Right on. Yeah, it did. Mm. So anyway, back to the rehearsal spot. Mm-hmm. Do you remember where it is? Because I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's down. Um, it's down two notch. Um, maybe like a, a a couple blocks from Richland County Sheriff's Department. Two notch road that rings. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Like trash level hookers and stuff that way. Really? 
Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to go to Two-Notch, honey? They have hookers over there. I think they have the bad kind. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Not the fun kind. Yeah, I think they got the real bad kind. Um, but from the CD release party, we started booking a shit ton of shows. Yeah, it got busy. It got real busy. And we stayed busy. And then we recorded a three-song EP mm-hmm. with me, and that was the second release show. And that was with Jimmy, the bass player. Yes, because Corey, did Corey play on that? Corey played on the EP, and then he left shortly thereafter. Yeah. Because he decided he was going to go to school, or mm-hmm. go back to school full yep. time. Yep, yep. So Jimmy did the same thing that I did. We released the EP, but he didn't play on the EP, but he played the CD release. We did a lot of shit backwards back then. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that good or bad? I don't know. Who was running this shit back then? You just said you were, so no, it's your fault. I did a lot of behind the scenes things. <laughs> so it's that other dude's fault. Whoever that was. Hi, Gabe. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Oh, Jesus. We'll throw Gabe under the bus. He's not here to defend himself. Uh, true story. I, li- I like it. When you're not here to defend yourself, you get thrown under the bus. Yeah, you got to show up, show up to the race if you want to run it. I mean, I throw myself under the bus every episode. I'm not worried about it. Um, dude, do you remember when Corey and Corey almost fought each other at rehearsal? Yes, I do. We, for those of you that don't know, and you wouldn't know this in my, my Louisville people, we did have Corey and Corey in the band. <laughs> and their names were very similar. It was Corey Munson and Corey Jansen. Yeah. yeah. Straight, true story. <laughs> Stacy just shot me this, the shocked look. It was, it was a true story. But I don't remember what they were fighting about. But they were about to get into it because you had to pull them apart. I can't remember if it was like music related or like, um, uh, music. I already said that musical. Was it a woman? No. It had to be one of three things in our situation. But those guys would have fought over like who ate too much cereal or something at a spend the night party. Like those guys didn't fight over your usual stuff, man. Like, That's dude, true. man, I liked her, dude. Why'd you let her do that to you? Or something, you know, instead it was like, they did fight over dumb shit. Yeah. Like you keep beating me at Uno, you know, like <laughs> silly, silly, silly shit. You know, you can't be, I'm a better Uno player. No, it wasn't Corey and Corey. It was Corey and Gabe. That's who it was. No wonder it doesn't ring a bell. What's Corey? Corey Munson and Gabe. Oh, they always fought. Right, but they almost actually fought, fought. Corey and Corey never actually had a fight with each other. Oh, yeah. you are correct, sir. Yeah, it was musical. And, yeah. uh, yep, 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 yep. I remember now. I remember how it started. Yeah. Anybody know the rest of that? No, you're right. I, I do remember that now. Uh, we were both like, wrong. guys, you got to break it up. You go over there, grab the September issue. You go over there and grab December. <laughs> go to separate bathrooms. <laughs> knock one out. Get yourself tuned back up. Come back out with a fresh head. Hit this bowl. We'll <laughs> play some songs. We got stuff to do. We got shows to play. We do got some shows to play. I have a question for you. Because we got to, we were very fortunate. Granted, we worked our ass off as a band, but we were very fortunate. Do you remember who the band we opened up for in Charlottesville, Virginia? Charlottesville, Virginia. We played that amphitheater and it was fucking packed. Was it Sweetwater? Stillwater? 
even if you said it, I don't know. So that's something why I'm asking you if you remember. But they had a really cool like '70s tour bus or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they were really cool people, and we all went up there because from Charlottesville we went to Hilton Head. Yeah, but I just who re- the hell routed that? Uh, Charles Wilkie. Thanks, bud. Good job, dude. Uh, all, all in a weekend. Uh, yeah, but we ended up three of us ended up staying in Hilton Head extra. We all called in work. That's not a shocker. No, it's not. Because <laughs> we were in that round house on stilts. Remember? House was round. Wait, that was in... That that was in the Outer Banks. It wasn't Hilton Head, it was the Outer Banks? The Outer Banks. But the house was round on stilts, right? Yeah, but Okay, not I got that part right. Sweet. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah, because I was like, who the hell is going to book a gig in the Virginias <laughs> and then take us all the way down to the coastline? We did end up on the coast. It was just maybe... A little further north. Closer yeah. to Virginia. Yeah, so it was from the Virginia to Outer Banks. Yeah, that was my dad's ex-lady. like Yeah, it was Silver Dollar Lounge. Yeah, the place was rad. Wasn't that the name of it? Yeah. Because remember, I woke up hungover, uh, and then I walked out to like the porch, and there was like 10 kite surfers out on the point just... Ripping it up, heading off to wherever the hell ten t- kite surfers would go on a Saturday morning. If you're a ten, if you're a kite surfer, email the barstar at gmail dot com. The barstar podcast gmail dot com. Let us know. I've been wanting to do that, man. I, first kite of surfing? all, well, you need a kite surf rig first, and they're like two grand. And um, chances are I'll buy another guitar for two grand. For a... Well, yeah, there's that. I don't know. I, if I do continue to talk about it, I will do it. The only thing is I'm in the middle of the state here, so I have to go to the lake, and I don't know if there's enough wind. No, I'm going to say no. I'll just buy a kite. <laughs> you should buy a kite and put your face on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you can fly that around town. Who like who could make one of those like Newegg or something or like probably uh, WordPress? Uh, I need a kite with my face on it. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to uh, manufacture this for me. And I'm talking like a hang glider sized kite. Oh yeah, it's got to be huge, huge. Yeah, got to be huge. So anyway, you think it was Sweetwater? That was the name. Of the I band? think so. Yeah. Now in my brain, I remember, and you correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Relying on your memory is going to suck too. Well, <laughs> that's debatable. That is debatable. I remember walking. We set up, did sound check. We went to get some food or whatever, and we came back. You couldn't where we were. You had to get to the stage from behind, and you couldn't see the front. Uh-huh. You couldn't see the lawn or anything. And I remember walking out and freezing because there was so many fucking people there, and Gabe had to push me. Really? Yeah. And I remember sitting down and grabbing my sticks and fucking up the first song. You did? I, I, in my brain, I did. I could be wrong. Shame on you. I know, right? I recovered quickly. I didn't notice. That's all that matters. Tell you what, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say you didn't notice. <laughs> but I remember there being like seven, 8,000 people there. That it sound, was a good Does that good sound show. right to you? Sounds about right. That was a big amphitheater. That was a rad time. Oh, it was awesome. I do fully recall being so primed up. I had like my last Paul, um, you know, like a really badass Fender twin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember just being a tone geek at that point in time. Oh, you always sounded good. And uh, just like, you know, I always got pumped when I saw huge crowds like that. Like, oh, I all did right, too. let's go and do it. I, you know, I'm proud of my band. I believe in these dudes. Like, we're about to go out there and crush. 
And we did. We crushed it. Mm-hmm. We it seems like we sold and signed a ton of stuff at that one. And then those dudes um, we met on the other band. It was kind of cool because they all kind of had that like long hair and like mustaches kind of look. Like, hey, dude, you guys are really good. Man. <laughs> we've, been, we've been on tour for a while. We've seen a lot of bands. You guys are good. I did. That does kind of ring a bell. I do kind of remember that. Hey, y'all from around here. And if I had to guess, I mean, wait, man, I'm Charles. What's your name? I'm Gary. <laughs> you know, like. This is my buddy, Mike. Yeah, this is Rich over here. And Daryl over on drums. You know, everyone, they all had a name, like. It's his brother, Larry. He yeah. runs sound. Yeah. <laughs> this is our singer, Deacon. Deacon? <laughs> or something. <laughs> I'll go with Deacon. I like it. You know, like the one guy in the band who has like the cool name. And then the rest of them are just Bob's, Bill's, Tom's, and uh, you know, Larry. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Just knows Gary. I'm, I'm Deacon. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't even remember where the fuck I was going with that story. You're still that on Deacon. awesome. I'm still on Deacon. I'm totally I'm on Deacon. I'm like, wait. Deacon. We can just talk like this for a while. All right. I can do that. Until you remember. Till I remember, well, we got in a van and we went down south from Virginia and we played the Silver Dollar Lounge. We did. Evidently, there's a huge oxycotton problem <laughs> around them parts. <laughs> I love you, fucker. <laughs> um, but we. We were we got to do some really cool shit, and there was a few bands that we opened up for, and I can't remember any of them. Can well, you look? Uh, the tables have turned here. I know, dude. I remember shows, but I don't remember who I played with. I remember like different things. Um, I I don't remember like if you were okay. Do you remember playing with Fishbone? No, but I remember we opened for Jackal, which was fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that was a weird shit. We mm-hmm. did it at a, some festival. Yep. I do remember that. I don't Shackle. remember. Did we open for Fishbone? Yeah, Fishbone. That would have been uh, easily. They were probably, um, it was probably one of the last of their like stronger albums before they just started putting out albums. See, I don't even remember that. And I never did drugs. Yeah. I don't drink very often. Hey, honey, I opened for Fishbone. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Really, that's all you're going to give me is the circle. <laughs> you suck. You got nothing? All right, fine. When did we open for Fishbone? Now I'm curious. It was in the early 2000s. That's all I got. Elbow room, probably. That does sort of ring a bell. I do remember opening for somebody big at the Elbow Room. I also saw a band called From Zero at the Elbow Room. That's cool. A really good man from Canada. Did we Canada. Ever, did we ever do any of the St. Patty's with you? I think so. Okay. I think so. Because I remember there was a few festival-type mm-hmm. themed shows that we did. Yeah. Because, like I said when we started talking, we did so much stuff, but we did it in such a short period of time. Yeah, yeah, we packed Cause a we, lot in. Because we were pretty much done by 2002. Yeah, a couple bad decisions mm-hmm. business-wise. Because I left. Actually, I shouldn't even say I left. It was, it's no secret, but Gabe decided he didn't want to do it anymore, so we 
killed the whole thing, and then I went on to play with Maywater. Because mm-hmm. Harry went to be a police officer. I'll tell you, man, that dude's a superhero now. Not only is he a killer drummer, but uh, he's like a captain or a super captain or whatever your no shit. rank turns So he's to. still a cop? Good for him. Yeah, man. I mean, he's um, like he's up there, very well respected. And every once in a while, every once in a while, we try to catch up and have some lunch and like talk about community shit. And Good stuff for like him, that. dude. Yeah, that's badass. He's still like if you hawk his uh, Facebook, man. He's I think he's still got like a DW kit. Um, so he is they, still playing they too. Like a new DW kit. Yeah, he plays like once in a while, like worship for church and stuff like that. And nice. I'll have to find him on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. You have to tell me his last name because I don't remember. Polis. That's right. Yeah. Polis. Yeah, that's a that, that's a legit dude right there. Yeah, he was he was the same way. Him and I never had any issues. He wanted to quit because he was going to be a cop. And Greg Rue from Maywater is the one that got a hold of me because mm-hmm. we did S Tribe and Maywater used to play together quite often. Dude, speaking of Greg Rue, so you know he lives down in the Florida Keys. Yes, he does. And he's a phenomenal. I mean, he already already was like great sound engineer but now he's down there like he runs all kinds of fucking people i mean he's the dude down there yeah he's killing it yeah when oh, i go yeah. to visit the keys honey uh, even though nobody can see you i don't give a shit i forgot to tell you i have a very good friend i was in a band with who's a massive sound engineer down in the florida keys yeah mm. so if you guys find yourself down mm. that way hit him up he'll, oh that's um, one of stacy's favorite places yeah he'll take care and uh but yeah he's killing it I, I keep up with him, um, and Scott from Maywater is an optometrist. Yep. And he... he He's still he? playing bass guitar, yep. Well, he went to bass, which was weird. Yeah. Because yeah. he always... In Maywater, he played acoustic and sang. Uh-huh, yep. I didn't know he went to bass. I mean, I've seen well, pictures of him going he, to bass. He, he's an optometrist now and a bass guitar player. I know. Does he sing at all anymore or just playing bass? Optometry school changes you. <laughs> Does it make you weird? It makes you see things different. Don't. <laughs> Fucking hate you. Walked right into that. God. Uh, you like that? Um, no, I didn't like that, but it was it was funny. Yeah, I mean he's he's doing good. Uh, he sings uh, harmonies now. He's still got a great voice. Dana smoking hot um, nephrologist. It's a kidney doctor. What is it with all you guys? I leave and you all become doctors. <laughs> or at least in the medical field of something, because we're going to get to what you're doing in a second. All right. What about uh, Clay? He was a fucking great bass player. Is he even around anymore? I don't know what the hell. I don't know where Clay is. We might be friends on Facebook. Um, I can't find him on Facebook. I don't know. And Munson from S-Tribe, he's gone too, right? So Munson is a family man now. I think um, every once in a while he'll pick up a guitar. When I saw Munson last, it was right. It was, in fact, it was the night of um, Jansen's funeral, um, which, uh, you know, our former bass player, God rest his soul, mm-hmm. um, uh, lost a battle to his, uh, to his demons, um, you know, uh, a year or so ago, and he took his own life. And, um, uh so Corey Munson came into town for the funeral, and then I had him over here to the house for a couple of years just to talk and reminisce and stuff like that. Right. And uh, I want to say um, it's either Charleston or Rock Hill. They're not exactly close to each other. No. But he's got a wife and kids. And he doesn't play anymore? Not that I know of. That's crazy. 
So the wife. So whether you get the the where wrong, it's the what that matters. That is very true. Did he marry Summer? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I figured those two would be together forever. Nope. Because they were never quote together. Oh yeah, sure. I get that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, know, they were together. <laughs> she is a badass. Um, I I ran into her recently. Uh. I can't remember the exact organization that she's with, but um, evidently one of these like hiring stores. Uh, damn it all! I don't know if it's something you know, like the J Crew level thing or whatever. Right. Evidently, she goes in and handles like all these like pretty incredible displays for these types of things. She's always had an eye for art, and she was. A, oh, yeah. She went to SCAD, you know, um, Savannah College of Art and Design. I did not. So know I, that. I'm assuming this is kind of like a, an answer to that education like later but uh yeah last time cool. she's killing it man and well she was always super smart yeah super smart real cool sense of style oh yeah because um, you could spot summer in a crowd of a million people yeah there she is yeah and you know uh how old are we somewhere in our upper 30s no she's, you're fucking cute huh. fuck you <laughs> i mean dude she still looks upper, like upper 30s 20 two probably i mean what is it with you and your upper third well how old are you 39 I'll be 40 in October. I've always been older than everybody. Always. You know why? Because I was born first. That's right. I can do math. Yeah. (laughs) I know how this shit works, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Now, Corey played on the EP, right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Because I couldn't remember if he was. No, no. Just change how you say it. Corey played on the EP. That's right. No. No. No, I don't like that either. Now you're going to figure it out. Oh, no, I got it. Because I know you. Corey played right on the EP. What if he played behind the EP? See, you got nothing. Because where I was going with that, asking you that question, is the bass line for Solid Stone. That's all Corey. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. That's why I'm asking you that. Was that Corey Corey, or was that Jimmy? It's Jimmy. You know why I know? I'll tell you why I know. Because in the very end, when it goes into that major seven chord, Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of dreamy. It's like the part that's got a completely different feel from the actual song, which is all in minors. Right. There is a bass note that Jimmy hits on his on his bass. He had a really low action with his strings on the bass. And it almost sounds like a low, like, sitar. And you hear this... So listen to this long note. Uh, and that's okay. the uh, bass guitar string almost over-vibrating. And it has this really cool sitar type sound, and I remember gotcha. distinctively that coming from his bass that he played. But so, yeah, so Cor- Jimmy's the one that played. On He's the one EP. that played it, yeah. But Corey, like initially, um, it was Corey's part. Yeah. Okay. I just I can never remember. And on one of my shows, I was talking to somebody about um the intro tune "Solid Stone" and Corey playing bass on it. And then I was like, "Fuck, I think I'm wrong. I don't know. I can't remember yeah. now. I have no idea." What are you doing? We're about to send a selfie right quick. To who? To to Shannon. Um, she's at a brunch. Mm. All right. Oh yeah, there it is. All right. <laughs> that was weird. Random. Well, you know, I, I was bragging about you oh, earlier at uh at alcohol breakfast. Alcohol breakfast. Yeah. Is that a Columbia thing or is that a Charles no, thing? it's uh, just kind of a couple friends getting together. and um, 
That's a Charles thing. I guess so. So we had, um, <laughs> I had shrimp and grits, uh, a couple white Russians and a mimosa. Damn. Um, yeah. I mean, it's Saturday, dude. It's been a long week. If you saw the stuff that I saw, you'd be looking forward to, uh, you know, your, your breakfast of, uh, champions. Yeah. Sub champions. No. <laughs> Sub champions. She's nodding her head because I don't even know if I've told you this. She (laughs) is a 911 operator. What's your emergency? And before that, have you ever, do you ever say that? Like if she's getting like antsy or something, you say, no, but I should start doing that. That's good. What's your emergency? (laughs) That's fucking fantastic. (laughs) Woman, what's your emergency? Before that, she was an EMT. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Both. The world needs both to be at, like, exceptional level. Well, that's why my wife's a better human being than I will ever be. I'm tattooed white trash. I'm not going to dispute that. See? Told you. Although, when he knew me back when, I didn't have any. No, not a one. It's weird. I only have this one. When'd you get that? I got this in Dublin, Ireland a couple months ago. No shit. Treated myself to a cool vacation with my lady. We, uh... Um, went to Dublin, caught the Rolling Stones. Um, Get the fuck out of here, really? Yeah, man. Then the next day, I was like, I need a souvenir. So I spent like six hours in a session getting this. The guy was phenomenal. Stefan at um, Skin City Tattoos in Dublin. It's good work for that's sure. My, that's my plug, um, my official plug here. So Nice. Skin City Dublin, Stefan. Um, I'll look up his hashtag if we take a break or something. Push that. Pop it in later. Yeah, I'll totally pop that in later. Yeah, this dude's work is phenomenal, dude. Like, in fact, I almost feel like for me to like get the same freaking quality done, I got to go back to Dublin. Oh darn! <laughs> <laughs> what was you? We were in Charleston and we were or uh, Savannah yesterday, and we were walking around downtown, and there's a tattoo shop there called the Butcher Shop. Oh boy! I had to go get my picture made under the sign. That's fucking awesome. I hope that's not indicative of the. Uh, Oh, no, the work I saw on the wall was really good. It was really good. I just thought it was cool because it's called the Butcher Shop. So what do you do now, sir? I know you're still playing. I know you're still gigging, and you still have a duo with Gabe. All right, so um, professionally, I'm what they call a cardiovascular sonographer. Translation, smart guy. All right, so um, that would be uh, varying degrees of ultrasounds of the heart. So um, when you do an ultrasound of the heart, like an echocardiogram, you're looking at the uh, structure and function of the heart, you know, and um, that's to determine a multitude of different things for a cardiologist. Right. And then um, another type of exam you can do for the heart, transesophageal echocardiogram. You've got to shove a long black probe down the back of somebody's throat after you knock them out. Sound, sounds like a sounds like a, a shitty Friday night in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, at a four a.m. bar. <laughs> you know, um, you come know. here. I got something for you. Yeah, you're about to deep throat black mamba. <laughs> here, have some propofol because we knock them out on propofol. <laughs> then just shove that bad boy down there after we numb up the back of the throat. Oh man, I hear all the sounds. That gives a new meaning to stroke shang, doesn't it, honey? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, anyway, so if it's got blood in it, I'm going to find a blockage or not. You know, if it's got uh, valves on it, we're going to find, you know, 
like uh, calcification. Anyway, I don't want to bore you with all that shit. Well, the only reason I bring it up is because you, like Harry, uh, got smart and said, hmm, I'm really good at this music thing, but I need a job. Well, you know, man, like, I was never, like, uh, delusional in the whole, oh, man, I'm going to make it, dude. I'm just going to put, like, everything into it. You know, it's just... No, I don't think either one of us were. I, you know, I just wanted to uh, I wanted to ride out um, 20 or so years of, like, doing it my way, you know, just kind of do whatever I wanted to do with, like, the youthful side of me, um, you know, just so that I had, like, my story to tell. Like, nobody told me how to do it or what to do or right. what, what standard to live at, societal norms, nothing, man. You know, I did it my way with a fucking guitar. And, um, once I decided I wanted to, uh, you know, have, um, like a, a steady solid, you know, making a career level money and, right. uh, a different type of respect. I felt like for what I was, I felt like I topped out on what I was going to earn in musical respect around the, uh, you know, tri-regional area over here. Right. And I was like, all right, let's try something else. Number one, I wanted something that was, uh, bigger than me. And of course, other people's, you know, heart issues and things like that are like far bigger than, you know, my selfish life that I've ever lived, you know. <laughs> and so uh, there was that. It was challenging. You know, the catalyst was, um, you know, uh, some, you know, heart things that like my mom and dad both, you know, they're both in great health now. But I mean, you know, um, that was kind of the catalyst. So between right. the really, really, really cool technology and uh, the pathology combined, you know. I found myself like really, really fascinated, went into it. And so now I'm happy because now I get to continue my own personality, interacting with the patients and even the cardiologists. I don't have to change much about me. All that matters is that when I'm in there from start to finish, that I know my shit down pat. Right. And so that's what they get, you know. Well, no, that's and that's a cool thing because you you have found something else besides music that you can yeah. sink, sink your teeth into and be passionate about. And make money from. Totally. And I still teach. I mean, I got my select couple students. I keep a pretty limited schedule. And then I teach, you know, I have my gigs too. A couple duos, money makers, playing, you know, some uh, taverns here and there. And then I got um, an original band, the Black Iron Gathering. It's like a... uh, Which I told you when you first told me about that band. That's a fucking great name. Yeah, real cool name. I love Um, that name. It's got a uh, kind of a uh, Dropkick Murphys, Floggin' Molly meets some um, John Prine meets uh, Chris Christopherson, singer songwriter kind of thing. But you know, to the to like a cool Celtic punk vibe or whatever. Nice instrumentals, really cool. Um, Four part harmonies, you know, a lot of uh, fast, almost chicken picking. You know, I'm playing Fender Telecasters on that, and right, you know, very uh, bluegrass punk and country kind of. So basically what you're getting at is, unlike the rest of us fuckers, you got it figured out. Uh, I would say I've got it figured out. I would say um, I'm enjoying Mm -hmm. the way figuring out seems Mm -hmm. to be going. Yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. You got it figured out. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, you do. I'm happy with where, you know, when I roll into 48 in October, uh, I'm happy like with what I've been able to, you know. That's because you're a fucking badass. Well, I mean, no. Your name's not, Charles hey, Funk the Third, the you, Fourth, actually. Oh, you're the Fourth. Damn I'm it! Fourth. I thought you were going to be impressed. I remembered it was the something. I'm only marginally impressed. Oh shit! That's it. Show's over. <laughs> I quit. You did just fine. <laughs> are Are you? Is it the fourth? I'm the fourth. Yeah. Okay. Why did I think it was the third? Because you were one l- number off. That's why. I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest answer ever. I can't math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, uh, you know, remains to be seen. We'll see how that goes. Ooh. For those of you that didn't hear, Stacy just told Charles that he has to have the fifth, so no pressure. You know, there's a whole homeostatic uh, balance that has to go with all that. We'll um, cross that bridge another time. He'll deal with that later. Yeah, let's talk about the motorcycle I'm going to get soon. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my, ne- my, my, like, adult car that I want to get. I love my truck, you know, but anyway. You still have the GTO? Still got the GTO. You still have it? 1968 GTO, still have it. Nice. It's, it's still every bit as beautiful as it ever was. Where is it? Over at Dad's. You know why? Because he bought it in 1968 off the showroom floor. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, remember the movie Friday? Yeah. You know, and like Debo steals the bike. Mm-hmm. Except it's not actually my bike. It's just Dad's car. Though. It's like, it's like it's your car, son, but it just stays at my house. Right. But you can tell people it's your car because it kind of is your car. It's going to be your car. You've done all the work on it. It's just going to stay at my house. Until the day comes. Okay, Dad. (laughs) Okay, Pop. Gotcha. (laughs) My dad's still got all his cars, but he won't give me any of them. Yeah. Until the day or what? I don't even know. Probably the day he'll probably give them all to my oldest brother. Right. He'll give me a key to one and go, ah, this was one I had about 20 years ago. It's gone. We got to take that guy out. (laughs) Who, my oldest brother? Yeah, or just... Find a what? Nah, I actually like that one. We could do the other one because I have a brother that lives here, right? Remember? No, I yeah, I haven't talked to him in, since ni- since two thousand. I was gonna say ninety nine, but I don't know if you've ever talked about him. There's a reason. Yeah, but he lives here, probably not far from you. Actually, no, I think he lives in Forest Acres. Okay, and that's still and that what that area is called, Forest Acres. Yeah, is he is he chintzy like those people? Oh, I don't know. Okay. There's a reason I don't talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I got. All right. So you've listened to the show enough. Um, so we're going to move on to social media issues. All right. All right. So what do you got for me for social media issues? What so, bugs you? What do you like? What do you hate? All that shit. I'll tell you what bugs me. Oh, um, he's sitting up. We're fucked. It. All right. People as a whole on this whole social media thing mm-hmm. gotta be the just the most weak-minded fucking group of ants I've ever seen. You know, like I mean, here's the thing. I, yes! You know, I got a pedestal for sure. You know what I mean? We all um, doing what we do. We all do. And you know, and you can check me on. What, you know what I'm saying on my pedestal here, but the thing is, if you were to go through the history of my timeline, it's like cars, cats, you know, regular shit. I'm not like, you know, letting. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. You know, having shots fired at like a group of people that right. are like, you know, collectively hostage in a, you know, in my like news feed that I can like sit there and insult like as a group or whatever. And man, there's just so many people that just it's like. These people just they, they use this thing just to like try to insult a whole entire group of people that they know in their community or whatever because uh, number one they don't have the balls to walk right up to someone's face and be like oh you're a Democrat well fuck you or vice versa oh you're a Republican well fuck you and what you think about you know what I mean right. instead it's like this entire uh, I'm just gonna like blanket statement. This, that, or the other, no matter how balanced you are in your uh, 
thing that obviously this kind of political leaning, you know, cause I mean, it seems like you can't turn anywhere without a political thing. You right. know, I it, would kill to have my newsfeed back to like, you know, uh, bikinis and alcohol or <laughs> whatever it used to be. Cause people complained food and bikinis right out of the newsfeed. You know what we have now? Garbage mouth. Mm-hmm. Politics and mm-hmm. racism and religion mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Way to go. You guys fucked that up. Thanks a lot. I would have completely watched somebody's eggs fucking Benedict and like, <laughs> you know, freaking, you know, Lake Murray boat full of hoochies, you know, this is what we did over the weekend. You know, this is the eggs I cook. Instead, it's like, I'm going to say something that makes you wonder if I'm racist or not. You know, I'm going to say something that like takes a shit on your political uh, stance or not, right. you know? And it's like, man, you guys really, 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 really fucked this up. Take, I think the only thing, if I had something to say, man, it'd be like, take your social media. Uh, and of course you got freedom of speech. I get that. No, I, I get, get that. I get social media. You got your damn freedom of speech. You can do oh, whatever you want. Yeah. Gagging on the cock of fucking freedom of speech. I get it. However, Take all that and go fuck yourself. You know, uh, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, man, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, walk up to somebody and just actually tell them instead of trying to. Oh, no, that'll never fucking blanket happen. statement behind your keyboard. That'll never happen. Uh, keyboard warriors you don't know? have spines. I don't, that shit will never happen. God, you know better than that. Of course. You know better than that. You know, I, I've said it on a few episodes and I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger soon. I think social media issues on my show is going to go bye bye. Because everybody pretty much says the same thing. Yeah. And I've said this every episode. Technology is the greatest, worst thing ever invented. Yeah, I mean... You, you know, can do so much good with it, yet everybody does so much shit with it. Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. It's ridiculous. I don't. I just don't fucking get it. It, it has definitely uncovered every adult's absolute little bitch side of themselves. Oh, absolutely. Man. See, and, and it, this is a prime example of why it's super, super cool... You live in Columbia, South Carolina. I live in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, obviously, we have each other's phone numbers and shit, but we can still keep up with what each other's doing Yep. without having to text, what are you doing? Oh, shit popped up. Hey, look what O'Reilly's doing. Hey, look what Charles is doing. Right. That shit's cool, but people don't even, that's not enough for them anymore. No. Now they got to try to make shit a bigger issue of whatever the, the issue is. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It annoys the shit out of me. So let's move on. You want to move on? I want yeah. to move on. Let's unplug the internet. <laughs> That's not actually going to be helpful for your podcast. That is true, but you know what? I have it recorded, so I don't give a shit. Can we have, let's, I know, we'll unplug it after I post this. Yeah, we'll let it air for a while. Because yeah. it just dawned on me, like, you would have to actually, like, <laughs> how would anyone actually hear the podcast unless you rent a room invite people to come sit in a chair motherfucker we couldn't get people to come listen to <laughs> records in rooms or bands in rooms they ain't coming to listen to podcasts actually sadly i think podcast night would bring so many like pseudo intellectual shitheads and <laughs> you know like actually <clears throat> i'm going to podcast night um you know down at art park yeah it's actually a podcast in pbr bingo so <laughs> You know, wait, we should start that. You start one here, I'll start one at home. Podcast and PBR. Podcast night with PBR bingo. You know, I don't know what the fuck PBR bingo is, but it sounds awesomely shitty. I think you just use like the bottle cap from PBR. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought it was every time you got bingo, you had to drink a six-pack of PBR or something. It's whatever you want it to be. PBR bingo. I like it. Whatever your dreams. What are your dreams of PBR bingo? I I don't know. I just I actually said it thinking to myself, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to stories from the stage. <laughs> stories from the stage. Hello. Likewise, man. Yeah. It was the lamest high five ever. It was. Gave you salmon fingers. You did give me salmon fingers. All right, so stories from the stage. What do you got? And they do not have to include me. Well, you know, we already covered the. Uh, I mean, unless you want to, because I'm fucking awesome. But the broken uh, curtain. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, man, I wish I could remember if uh, there were any like band member fights. Those were always classic. Um, I, the only thing I ever remember when we were in a band together, as far as I I am concerned, I had a, arguments with everybody, but it never really escalated. Esc, esc, I can't fucking talk today. Escalated into anything massive. We would just have petty arguments over dumb shit, yell at each other, walk away for five minutes, and it was fine. On stage? No, 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 no. Never happened on stage. Usually at rehearsal or right. after a show. Right. How about this? Before we do stories from the stage, or before you give me your story, it just popped in my head. How about when we were in Tucker's garage and I was practicing the fireballs? Oh, yeah. And you fuckers told me I was nuts. Yeah. Remember that shit? Yeah. For those of you that don't know, I used to have two 18-inch floor toms that I didn't play. I set them up to the side and I figured out how to pour alcohol, figured out exactly how much I needed, and I would light them, and I would hit them, and they would shoot fireballs. Man, that drums. was that was some Tommy Lee shit right there. Uh huh. But live, you and Jimmy had to light the drums for me. You had to pour it and light it for me. Yeah. Because Gabe was insistent every night I did a fucking drum solo and I hated it. So my fireballs was the answer to making me at least like like doing the drum solo. Yeah, you get to blow something up for a second. Yeah, I get to blow something up for a second. Yeah. That was cool as shit. And then Great White burned down the bar in Rhode Island and I couldn't do it anymore. That's true. That uh that went terribly bad. Yes, it did. So anyway, back to you. Sorry. Trying to think, man. There were different times. Like, uh, I remember getting away with, like, being able to, like, smoke herb on stage. (laughs) Uh, The Great Curtain fiasco was was definitely one. Um, I used to enjoy watching a multitude of drummers look at me and kind of go, damn this guy. Not towards me, but, like, um, anytime... Gay would hear an error. Uh, the cardinal rule about turning around and and looking at the drummer when an error happened. Oh yeah, was broken every single time. Oh yeah, and, he was brutal about that. And he would turn around and look, and then the drummers would look at me and go, "Fuck that guy! God damn it!" I'm like, "Just play, man. Just play. It's cool. Just play." <laughs> hey everybody, how's it going? <laughs> you know, I, I forgot about that. I got a few death stares from him. You know, I forgot all about that. Um, he did break that rule a lot. Quite a bit. And annoyed the shit out of him. That's every bit the same as um, a guitar player tweaker, like turning around and adjusting his amp, like with his back to the crowd and like mid song, you know? Oh yeah. That's the shit you never see me do though. No, no, you did the hippie chicken neck with your pretty hair. I look at videos back then and think, man, I look dumb as hell. No, you didn't. 
Like, I, like, I don't, like, what was I trying to have my head cut off? Like, why I stuck my neck way out, like, doing, like. The hippie chicken neck. Yeah, dude, like. It worked. I it, think you did it because you never wanted your hair to fall on your face. I don't recall being that strategic about it. It could have been but I, but I look at, I remember seeing a video, and it just reminds me of, like, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo with his <laughs> long-ass neck <laughs> sticking out. I'm like, damn, man. Of all different ways, and I was like, "Man, look at your posture. You just, you're all fucked up up here, man. You just don't. You're just all fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, so nothing sticks out to you that was just enough besides the curtain thing that it was just a train wreck. Um, man, stories. And it, like I said, it doesn't have to involve me. You've done way more shit before me and after me. You gotta have something that sticks out, and you're like, motherfucker, I can't believe that happened. I'm drawing a blank, which is not good for being on a show. But it doesn't matter. Because if you draw a blank, you draw a blank. If I come up with it later, edit, and then stick it back in this segment. I will. Just for you, I will do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so let's move on to what are you listening to? All right, so when I got here today, I'm throwing you under the bus in an awesome way. You're listening to Dropkick Murphy's Live. Yes. On vinyl with your badass system that the majority of it is from the 70s. Yep. It sounds so fucking good. They just don't make shit like they used to. They don't. Anyway, other than that, what are you listening to? What are you jamming on these days? And it can be a podcast too. It doesn't have to be music and it doesn't have to be new or old. There's no rules to this section. So, uh, I'm kind of, it's kind of all over the place. And if you look under that table, I mean, there's like several stacks of vinyl I was noticing that. I mean, um, n- none of it's like new stuff, but I mean, you got anything in there from like Talking Heads to like uh, Banded Gypsies, Hendrix to Joe Cocker, all on vinyl over there. I listen to a lot of vinyl. Um, I mean, for so many reasons, you know. But then, like, uh, if I'm not in the vinyl realm of things, then uh, I've gotten really into like uh, kind of like um, things that are outside of uh, rock and roll. And it's more like production quality stuff, like um, Two Dollar Cinema. Um, this one band called Luthi. Um, they got a great like live sound, like horns, um, synth, drums, nice. bass. You know, the lead guitar player is killer. Um, I think I'm really, really, really into like deep pocket rhythm sections, with kind of like a uh, almost like a uh, retro pop um, kind of thing that's got you know, a little bit of like new digital beat in there, you know? Right. Well, um, you, you know, I'm a freak for production. Yeah. I love and production. like I say, you know, the rock and roll half of me would be like, what the hell? But, um, you know, the like nude, nude nerd, uh, the nude nerd. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a website right there. The nude nerd. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like all over the place. It's different, you know? Well, that's, um, that's, one of the things that I love about this part of the show, and because obviously as musicians, we always talk about, hey, have you heard this band? Hey, have you heard that band? Yada, yada, yada. And it's cool to me to get to hear why people like shit. For example, like what you just said, you're starting to lean more towards the production side of shit. I listen to a lot of stuff just because I dig the production. Yep. I don't give a shit about the song itself. And that's I don't mean that in a derogatory way towards the song or the artist. It's just the production on it is so fucking cool for whatever reason. Yeah. Whatever's happening, it's just this sticks out or that sticks out. I'm like, man, I have got to listen to more of that fucking song. Be- or more of that record because of the production. Mm-hmm. 
the problem I have is I can't remember any producers' names. Yeah, I don't. I'm fucking horrible at that. I mean, I I I can remember a few. Uh, James Michael from Six AM, who was a producer long and, and a songwriter long before he was in Six AM. And if you go back and listen to some of the early shit he produced, you can tell it's his stuff because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a precursor to the Six AM stuff. You know, I think if I was like running Pro Tools all the time or um, Ableton, you know, like actively like cutting my own tracks or whatever. Right. I'd probably be more in tune to uh, producers and their styles and their names. Yeah, and who and did their, what yeah, and all that their, kind of their stuff. Yeah, credits and stuff like that. Because, um, you know, I'd, I'd probably try to, you know, snag a few um, tips and tricks or something like that. I'm all about some snagging some shits. Yeah. Snagging shits is good. Everybody snags everything. It's Absolutely. 2018, dude, and there's nothing. Nobody's original anymore. Yeah. You fuckers that think you are, you're not. Mm-hmm. It's already been done. Sorry to burst your bubble. Oh, yeah. What are you listening to as far as any podcast and shit? Are you still into that, or you just kind of moved away from that for a while for just because of music? Uh, all right, so I do follow your podcast. Um, That's the Barstar podcast. You should find it. It's pretty good. I, yes. <laughs> Man, you know, I had... I'd be lying if I told you I didn't listen to like cardiology podcasts. I do have a question on cardiology podcasts. What are they talking about? Don't take cardiology. I'll punch you. Okay. So (laughs) most, um, most of the stuff I listen to are like, uh, you know, cardiology based tales from the ER. Oh, when somebody comes in, that would be cool. In like an emergency type scenario. And it's not like, you know, a gunshot wound or like, Right. Laceration is strictly, you know, cardiac matter. Um, It could be uh, trauma, you know, and like if you go through, say, like a a car accident and, you know, your chest hits the steering wheel or the dash or something, um, there's a possibility that one of the many, many, many things that could happen, uh, you could have like what they call a dissected aorta or something like that. And so you would want to do some quick bedside imaging to see if that was, you know, um, a product of the trauma, right? Things like that. And so they'll follow a case up and then they'll go into like the nuts and bolts of it. Like what the numbers were when they ran Doppler signals and things like that. You know, I'm really, that's pretty cool though. Yeah. I want to see like what happened, you know, um, in the emergency during the procedure to correct or fix and then post in the follow up. you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that there's that there's shows about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She perked up about it. Look at that face. Yeah, yeah. So all that you listen stuff. to that shit, but not my show. Um, <sighs> You're you such know, a hooker. Heart failure, how that affects the rest of the body, things like that. You know, right. when they're hunting down, um, you know, or chasing down blood clots, things like that. That's um, pretty cool. But then, though. if I'm not listening to that, then I'll be straight up. You know, I will listen to um, vintage murder. Uh, podcasts like you know on the dark side of like you know old unsolved cases and like hollywood like cold cases and shit yeah yeah definitely that's cool um yeah i've seen those i, but I the, haven't got into those yet st- i still go to the dark side of uh podcasts you know <laughs> um there's uh You've always been kind of twisted yeah there's um you know other stuff too like the paranormal kind of thing right do you believe in all that shit um you know i haven't seen my own like ghost or anything like that but i mean uh i i don't discount it you know um it's probably just not my time yet to um have an encounter but yeah fair enough we were talking about it the other day because we're in charleston 
and Charleston is apparently the most haunted city in the South or something to that effect. And there's ghost tours all over the place down there. Mm. And I looked at her and I said, you believe in that shit? She went, nope. I said, okay, cool. Me neither. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. just, True. you know, I, you know, there's so much uh, that's bigger than me and what I could say is real oh, or sure. not. So, yeah, I mean, with, I guess I'm just trying to have like respect for the spirit world. Should it exist or should it not? You know, like um, if it, when it becomes my time, you know, to see something crazy like that, then damn sure, you know, you'll let me know. Yeah. Sweet. Probably, I've I've, I've, I've I've put a hex on us all. You're all hexed. Yeah. All right. Before we do this close, we were talking about uh, playing a song from the EP. You got yeah. three choices. What all's on it? Solid Stone, mm-hmm. Yes, Man, and Sweet Mary. Damn. Or I can play something from Rise People. Whatever you want. I just I'm going to be selfish. I want to be on it. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> all right. There would be like my top two tracks um, from Rise People. That song "Gray Is Blue," love that song. Was the only song on that album that was uh, recorded in um, analog on reel to reel. That's probably one of the reasons why I love it. Other it, than it's a good damn song. Yeah, it's also in drop D. The rest of it is in uh, the rest of the albums in like standard tuning. Funk Nasty was pretty good too. Yeah, it is. Um, there's a lot of really cool things. That it's just, um, it's a one four five. You know, you hear one, you hear them all. I mean, it's a cool song, but it's uh, more or less a funky blues jam that kind of, you know. But yeah, but it's all about you. But Gray is blue. Um, has like, it's got lyrics. It's got you know melody. There's not a guitar solo in it at all. No. Um, it's just all that's that legitimately really, is one of my favorite songs. Really, really well constructed song. Now off of the EP that we cut with you, I mean, so we we retracked Yes Command because we changed it, we shortened it a little bit because Yes Command was on Rise People. Yeah, um, man, I really like uh, Solid Stone and Sweet Mary was good too. Okay. Sweet Mary was cool in the sense that I remember like we dubbed a water bong over the song in the beginning, I think. The end. In the end. Yep. Yeah. But like uh I think Solid Stone has a vibe to it. Your opening track on yep. um, Which the opening track is you know this, n- nobody else does. It's actually looped. Mhm. Yep. Cuz I stretched the whole thing out. Mhm. All right. So, we'll do I'll do both of them. I'll nice. put in Gray is Blue, mm-hmm. which I'm not playing on, but Larry did a great job. That whole, I, I still listen to that record. I love that record. And then I will put in Solid Stone. Nice. The whole thing, which will fuck everybody up when they actually listen to it. And then they go back and listen to the opening of the show and they'll, wait, shit, this is too short. No, it's just a loop. That's all it is. Yeah. Those are two good choices. Yeah, I think so, man. I dig those. I like how you look staring <laughs> off in his face. Where'd you go? I don't know. I was trying. I was trying to formulate a thought, and it, <laughs> <laughs> it like. Oh, it, uh, what thought were you trying to formulate? I, I don't know. I mean, 
if I knew, I'd have already it already come out of my mouth. And well, fair enough. Instead, you it was a blank stare. It was a long blank stare. I was hoping that those needle nose pliers were going to help me with the answer. They did not. No. What about the razor blade next to no, it? No, just the beads. Those either. Damn it. You know when you say so, uh, you got a some needle nose pliers, a, a razor blade, and some beads. Mm-hmm. What happens at your house on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna explain. We're just gonna leave it there. Yeah, because that's fucking great, dude. Thanks for taking the time. Man, thanks for having me on. Shit. Anytime. I, you, I just you've didn't had some good ones it. on your show. Well, thank you, but I didn't want to do one on the phone. And when she told me we were going to Charleston for vacation, I said, oh, we're, we're going to Columbia for a day. Sorry, love. I love you, but sorry. It's got to happen. She said, why? I said, because I got to go see Charles. Absolutely. I said, besides that, you got to see where I cut my musical teeth. Absolutely, man. That's right. What what do you are you guys gonna stay in town tonight or no we're gonna go I'm gonna go show her a couple more things and then we're gonna go back down to Charleston because we are going to the what is it the night market I guess where they have the bands and stuff playing yeah apparently the market that's down on Charleston at night now which I say now because I don't remember it when we used to play down mm-hmm. there but at night now one side of it uh, one half of it around six thirty or seven they shut it down. And you, they have bands and shit there inside the market. It's fucking weird. Well, they they now owe you money for an endorsement. Yes, they, there's a lot of motherfuckers that owe me money for an endorsement. Yeah, but yeah, we should yeah we should, we should go down to Charleston and get a paycheck, see, along with uh, Pinterest. Yeah, we need to hit those guys up. Yeah, we do need to hit those. We did that shit first. We had a pallet stage. We did. Damn it, dude. I love your face. I love your face. I'm out. I'm I'm out too.
That's it, kids. That's the show for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you dug it. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, Charles is an awesome dude. I love him to pieces. I love him to death. He's a good dude. It's interesting that all the stuff that we did in the band S-Tribe was only about a two-year window. That, that still kind of baffles me a little bit. And I had forgotten, even when I wrote the book, I didn't realize that. Uh, I ain't forgotten about it till I was talking to Charles. Anyway, I hope you dug this episode. I hope you like the songs. The first song was Gray is Blue with the original band. 
Second song is Solid Stone with the updated me on drums, Jimmy on bass. And uh, I hope you dug them. It's weird to hear Solid Stone all the way through because if most of you know, I don't really listen to myself often. Uh, maybe once a year or something like that, I'll go back and listen to some shit that I've recorded. But the intro music to the show is Solid Stone, but I made a loop out of it. So it's it's weird to hear the, the entire song. I haven't heard it in a while. It was interesting. Anyway, I hope you guys dug it. I'm out of here. I don't feel like talking anymore. I gotta go do some other shit. And speaking of other shit, as I say at the end of every episode, go do some shit. G-D-S-S. You should create a hashtag. Hashtag G-D-S-S. Hmm. I like it. Or maybe not. I don't know. Beat it. Get the fuck out of here. See ya! So until next time, I will talk at you soon.